Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! With you on a Monday morning. Y'all missed us, evidently. Can a man go on vacation? I'm still on vacation. I'm doing this for y'all. <laughs> so, you know, no, don't, don't be listening for me. I have bad news. If you don't like Ole Miss, Sports Talk Mississippi today might not be for you. But the Thunder and Lightning Podcast is always here for you. Took a couple of days off, but we are back. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Wherever you get podcasts at supertalk.fm or wherever you're getting those podcasts from, we appreciate it, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. Don't forget to shop online with them this holiday season and get the coffee lover in your life, something they want. Try one of their new flavors, the Winter Blueberry or the Sweater Weather, a.k.a. Liquid Christmas. Or, of course, any of the, the standby flavors, the bro- the blueberry cobbler. Man. Go get you. I've got a free one waiting on me over there. Do too. you? I, I, do. I had one. I was told I have another one. I don't know if it's there yet or not. I've been doing lots of drive through here lately at Strange Brew. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday I had to run in there and I was getting my wife and I something. And what I what we were getting was not the blueberry cobbler. So I couldn't use it yesterday. So it's still sitting on the board. But this week, you best believe it's going down. I like the sound of that. Also, uh, make sure you're shopping with uh, College Corner at collegecornerstore.com or either of their two locations uh, in the Jackson area, either by Fleet Feet in Ridgeland or in Flowood by the Half Shell. And you can find the best and widest selection of Mississippi State merchandise out there for the Bulldog fan in your life. The holidays are here. Christmas is just what? As you're listening, it's only a few days away. It is 16 days until Christmas. But you have time. You have time to make the gift right when you go to College Corner. Also... Not that I like to plug other podcasts, not that I like to give other people credit, but I do know that uh, a good friend and host of ours will be at the College Corner on, I believe, Thursday. I think that's right. I, I need to double check. I- I'll give him another plug. I- I'm, not- I'm not saying any names, but I know that he'll be signing a book there. Hmm. So if you want to go check him out and buy some great MSU merchandise, you can support the best MSU podcast and another MSU podcast. That's correct. And I'm not going to say which one is which. But we all know the truth. All right. Anything happened while we were gone? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So, well, I feel like since we asked the question, what does Matt Luke's dismissal mean for State? I think we have to ask the question about Lane Kiffin. But we will ask that question tomorrow. Today's going to be about Mississippi State. We're going to talk about the bowl game. We're going to talk about Joel's great interview with John Cohen. Did you just call me Jewel? No, I said Joel. Okay. Joel. Give my name the respect it deserves. I put hey, some Dad. respect on that name. Uh, we'll talk about Joel's in- interview with, now you got to be self-conscious of it, with John Cohen. And uh, talk a little basketball at the end of this as well. Uh, MSU, not, not a great uh, weekend on the court, but nothing, I don't think it's anything to fret about. We'll talk about that. Yes, Brian Haydad is going to tell you that it's not a big deal. Here, mm. on, here, mark the day, December 9th, 2019 was the day that it happened. Uh, but we'll start with Mississippi State returning to postseason play uh, to the Music City Bowl Glad I didn't book a room or anything in Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, based on some information early on in the day, uh, but it looked like the state was headed to the Belk Bowl. But if you want to, if you're if you're one of those fans who's excited about going to the Music City Bowl, if Nashville is your chosen destination, your preferred destination, send an early Christmas gift to Knoxville, Tennessee, and to Philip Fulmer, who evidently just had a wild hair up his butt <laughs> and decided, you know what, we want to go to a different, we don't want to go to the Music City Bowl, we want to go down to Florida. And so some moves were made to accommodate him, and now Mississippi State is headed 
to the Music City Bowl for the second time, uh, the first time since 2011. They will take on the Louisville Cardinals, which is just becoming a great tradition of MSU meeting Louisville in some sort of postseason play. They've played in now two bowl games. They've played in the NIT. They've played in the Women's NCAA Tournament. they played in the College World Series. Here we are. Why not? Yeah. Uh, just gives It gives you some time. First thing I thought about was it just gives you some time here for reflection. Like I know it's only been a couple years, but how long ago does that that uh, tax layer bowl kind of scene. Well, it was a, with, you know it was that was a tremendous day for Mississippi State. It saw the end of the tenure of the winningest head coach. That's right in Mississippi Greg State Knox. history. Greg Knox, the only, only undefeated uh, coach in Mississippi State history. Um, you know, think about that game and how different everything is from from then to now. You thought you were seeing oh, God, Keaton Thompson. He's going to be the, the star of the future, and it never has happened for him. Um, but you know, for whatever reason, we're going to do a show about Keaton Thompson a little later this week. We're going to talk a lot, a lot about KT. Um, you know, and you had all the excitement of the Joe Moorhead era about to begin and you, you know, you didn't know what it was going to be, but you felt good about it. You knew there was going to be a lot of offensive explosion and, and, and so on and so forth. And now where you are now, I think if you had told Mississippi State they're going to be playing Louisville in a bowl two years later. They would have assumed both teams were, you know, in the Orange Bowl or something, but <laughs> just sort of is what it is. This is the bowl state wanted from the beginning. I think the Belk Bowl was just a situation of, you know, as we, as we you and I discussed, there weren't enough teams uh, with Auburn, not Auburn and Alabama not making it into the playoff bowls. Uh, the Liberty Bowl lost out, and basically it was a situation where a Belk got to pick last, and Mississippi State was the the only six and six team in the, in the group. Yeah. And so they were going to go to the Belk Bowl. Yeah. And if Tennessee doesn't decide at the last minute, no, we want to go to Florida, then Mississippi State's playing in the Belk Bowl, playing Virginia Tech. Yeah. Instead, they're playing Louisville. Just my first thought is, the last time I saw Louisville, Kentucky was running up and down the field on them with a quarterback who cannot throw the football. And they scored 45 points and rushed for 500 yards. Buddy, I swear, I swear on something. That if Kylan Hill doesn't have 35 carries in this game, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be itching mad. I'll put it that way. Ah, <laughs> uh, could be a good day too for whoever's quarterback and run the ball a little bit too. You know, whether it's Schrader, who I I mean I'm get. We'll talk to Joe and have media availabilities. I that guess, was my next you know, question. Who do you think is gonna start? I mean, whoever it is, you would think it's gonna run the ball a good bit. Um, yeah. I don't know. You know who's gonna start? I I asked you the other day. I think during the rumblings, like. If it's not Garrett, why is it not Garrett <laughs> at this point? Yeah. And and the only answer to that is just Joe's relationship maybe with Tommy, give him a little send-off there. But I think if you're State, you kind of – I don't know that it's even considered playing for the future. I mean, Garrett kind of is the present at this point, right? So yeah. just go ahead and stick him out there, I would think, but we'll see what State does. Um, as far as we know, I mean, hadn't talked to Joe since Egg Bowl night. So, you know, Tommy may still be – Banged up, upper body, lower body, mid body, internal body. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe something wrong still there. So, so it may not even be a question. But yeah, but yeah, you, you gotta you think look at, that in a month's time he could get healed up. Yeah, you would think so. But you look at what Kentucky did to Louisville, and it gives you hope that State's got a good shot to finish the year seven and six. Yeah, so. you would think. You would think. Now, I mean, just off the top of my head, you know, Morehead with time to prepare is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Not for the other team. What a 
win here though for state fans to get it in Nashville and not Charlotte because they, they needed folks, it. Yeah. Folks weren't going to Charlotte. Yeah, it was going to be a small crowd. You know, yeah. that now you'll have it, an opportunity for a pretty good crowd. I would think. I think the timing's better. The December thirtieth is just better because you can go to that and then you can still do whatever you want for New Year's. Like just from just being selfish here, I had told my wife a couple weeks ago. I was like, it looks like I'm not. I'll be home for New Year's, and not that I'm one of these guys that's going to go out and get you know slam drunk on New Year's Eve or anything. But my wife, you know, our family has a little New Year's tradition that we like to do, and I missed it last year because we were down in Tampa. Not that I had a bad time in Tampa or anything. But I was looking forward to you know, and my kids were excited. Like, oh, hey, Betty's going to be home. And I was excited. And then I, the belt thing happens, and I'm like, oh, my God, the game is on New Year's Eve. And, you know, that's the game. I, that's one of the games I have to fly. I don't really like, really like to fly, but I was going to have to fly there. And just it was, I just didn't want to do it. I was going to fly. Joel, the game could be in Hawaii. <laughs> And you drive to L.A. and get in a canoe. All right? All right? And then after the game, I would canoe back overnight. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. Be like, be like Tom Hanks and Castaway out there just paddling your little canoe with the volleyball. Yeah, that's what you would do. You would, if the game – there is a game in Hawaii. I think it's like on Christmas Eve. You would have to left. You would have left today. You're like, if I leave today, I can be in L.A. by Wednesday, and then I can paddle across the Pacific Ocean. Oh man! In a pontoon boat. Uh, shout out to Six Pack Speak on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you might know him. I do. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a good he, man. He, he fatter uh, than me. He was correct in, in uh, I guess it runs in the family. Things that are true. Um, don't take for granted. Yeah. Bowl trips. I know that there's a, a large segment of folks that want to belittle the fact that state just squeezed into another bowl kind of deal, and uh, you know it's. Meaningless bowl, yada yada. Ten years in a row of a bowl. I don't care what you want to say about how easy it is to get into a bowl nowadays. There's only 13 programs in the country. In the country. That's done this every year this decade. I think that's right. I think Bill Martin tweeted that, that yeah. stat out earlier today. 13 teams in the country and only five in the SEC. And one of the five went in the SEC when the decade started. Right. So if you want to count them or not, it's on you, I guess. But um, belittle it all you want to, folks. But not everybody does this. In fact... Just about nobody does it in Mississippi State has, and they've pretty much doubled their amount of bowls went to mm-hmm. over the course of history in this decade. And so, then add to that, if you're one of these people who's if you're dealing with some fan bases from another from some from other southern schools, I'm not saying any names, but if they're giving you the whole, oh well, anybody can go to a bowl. Why haven't you done it? Answer that question. Why haven't you done it? And you know, I understand that. Maybe there were some schools that were bowl ineligible for a couple of seasons. And, hey, can't go to a bowl when you're a bowl. I get that. What about the other years? <laughs> what about this year? It's so easy. Why didn't you go? So when people tell you that, what I'm basically telling you, well, I'm going to use a word here. What I'm going to tell you is if somebody comes to you with the whole, oh, it's so easy to go to a bowl, what I want you to do is tell them to stick that right up. You know what? I'm not going to use that word. But you see where I'm going. Just stick it right up somewhere. All right, where the sun don't shine. Going to a bowl, yeah, it's easier than it was. I mean, Matt White will tell you. He was on a team that was 7-4 and four and would have been 8-4 and four in today's because they would have played a, a lesser non-conference game. And they didn't go to a bowl in 1997. And here we are 23 years later, 7-4. and four. I mean, hell, if State was 8-4, and four, they would have probably beheaded. They would have been pushing Auburn. For the Outback Bowl again, or maybe they'd be in the Gator Bowl. You know, they they would be in the top twenty-five. So, yeah, I get that it's easier, 
but not everybody's doing it. Yeah. Auburn hasn't done it. South Carolina hasn't done it. Tennessee hasn't done it. Kentucky hasn't done it. Uh, you know? Yeah. And, and, and somebody I, else, I'm leaving somebody out. Somebody, and they're like near. I don't I don't know who it is. And they're irrelevant. Yeah. But yeah, don't 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 ever take don't yeah, you're you're exactly right. Don't take it for granted. Because it's I, I'm of the belief I don't think we're gonna be sitting here doing thunder and lightning in 20, 20, 29, and we're gonna be telling you that the state's been to twenty straight bowls. That just seems unlikely. There is going to come a year. It almost happened in twenty sixteen, you know. You just got lucky with the APR. And, and, if, I, and if we do, it's gonna be fifty five year old Brian Haydad saying that? Fifty four. Fifty four. Yeah. Okay. Don't 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 cheat me a year. I, I only got so many. Okay. So uh, you, you okay. There's a ten year ten year gap here. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll remember that now. But what I'm, you know, and people want to throw out the APR bowl. Oh, well, you only got on because you. Well, they got in. Doesn't matter why they got in. They got in. So I don't. There was going. There's going to have a year where there's just something. It goes wrong, and you don't go to a bowl. Yeah. And that, that I can live with that. But yeah, don't 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 ever take it for 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 granted that you're just you know because I'll go and tell you right now our parents, the, <laughs> 1980. I mean that was like a huge deal, mm-hmm. you know. And now it's just like you know, there are people who yeah. say I'm, I'm just you know I'm just I'm sort of burnt out on bowls. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, I, and I think that there's such a look. A lot of folks are down on the football program right now. Just are, you know, whether it's the Moorhead uh, bashers or whether it's you know what, whatever the case may be. There, there's just a lot of negativity <laughs> around the football program right now, yeah. and it's okay to kind of you know, scrub that out of the way for a minute and, and just kind of sit back and from 30,000 feet, look down and say, we just went to a bowl in every single year of the 2010s. I mean, that's, that's, that is incredible. It, it really is. And nobody else other than 12 other schools can say it. Mississippi State can. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of your negativity, if you're still a negative Nancy, for at least a second, let yourself enjoy the fact mm-hmm. That uh, Mississippi State's done something that very few's doing, and uh, you know, like you said, don't know that they'll ever do it again. <laughs> Even if it is easy to get into a bowl, um, still pretty neat that, that they can make that claim. So, yeah, a little sunshine pumping on a Monday. Absolutely. All right. Uh, some other news from the MSU football program. Cam Dantzler, uh, as we suspected, is going to go ahead and go pro. Well, we may not have suspected, but uh, it is going to be the case is that Cam Dantzler will not be a part of Mississippi State's uh, bowl preparation and bowl game. On the thirtieth, uh, not not a, not a huge surprise, you know. If you're going to declare now, that probably what you're you're, you're saying is, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go. Yeah, uh, I've seen Dancer anywhere from the first to third round projections. Uh, even at the third round, looking at the money, you know, it's it's around five million dollars when you told the total of the contract plus signing bonus. So a ton of money. No reason to risk anything at this point for him. He's, he's he's made his statement. He'll go to the combine now, yeah. and and you know, hopefully, be another one of these future millionaires that Mississippi State seems to be producing on a pretty yearly uh, basis here for him. Saw some people on Twitter losing their minds, as you knew they would. As you knew, the the one saying he's got to pay back his two. I, mean, I want you people to think. I want you to really use your mind here. This is a guy that, if it goes right for him, five years from now could be worth fifty, sixty million dollars. Mississippi State would like to see some of that money. Do you think you're going to get it back from him if you tell him, oh, by the way, you owe us for a semester's tuition? Think, people. Use your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And he, he doesn't owe anybody anything. No. And I, I think that 
Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat doing what they did last year in the Outback Bowl, that ain't the norm. Right. When you have a high-caliber athlete playing in a game that, look, it'd be neat to bring home a belt bowl trophy or whatever, but it don't matter. Right. You know, I mean, it's just it's just something. You know, it's it, all it means is you were better than Louisville on that day. Yeah, Music City Bowl. It, Music City Bowl, excuse me. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it's inconsequential in the grand scheme of it things. It really is, yeah. So uh, you have a guy that has a chance here to, to make a lot of money and he's not going to go out there and, and risk it in this well, game to where no. he, he may lose money. You can't I, – I, I don't see how and, – and if this was your son, yeah. look at it that way. If this is your son and he can just not play in the belt bowl, and I don't want to say guarantee because you saw Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, something could happen in you never the know. combine. Or right. You never know. But you're basically guaranteeing his health going into the draft here. I mean, you got to do that. And in reality, what we were just sort of talking about with uh, with Schrader and you know playing for the present or the future, well, Dantzler is not the future now. He was going to declare for the pros one way yeah, or the other. Yeah. So getting Emerson and Jones and Tyler Williams these reps, that's a good thing for Mississippi State. And, and even too, you you hit on a lot of it there. And I don't think I think most people that pay a lot of attention know this, but I I saw some people had some mentions on Twitter and Facebook and things talking about how what a what a dumb decision by Cam. You know, he yeah. may not even get drafted. He's going to get drafted. He's going people. to get drafted. I assure you. Yeah. Somebody uh, said barring that disaster. I don't see him as an NFL cornerback. I was like, well, I just want, are you a scout? Yeah. Because everything I read sees him as one. Yes, they see him as one, and uh, he's probably going to go to these you know combines and work out stuff and, well. and do very well for himself. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. He's gonna all have all this. All right. Before we get into this measurables. Com- there's one thing to talk about before we get into this Cohen interview. All right, MS, you got a couple of commitments this week. Let's talk about the one uh, here in Starkville first. Amari and Howard, running back, class of 2021. Uh, he's a guy who sort of popped up. Starbuck High seems to have this guy every year. There's a guy, you know, you have a couple of guys that you know about, right? Like this year with Starbuck High, you know about Rufus Harvey, you know about Luke Altmeyer. And this kid sort of came out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, he's the next one. It was sort of like that way. Yeah, he had A.J. Brown, and but oh, there's Willie Gay behind him. And you know, sort of the sort of so on and so forth. And so Howard is, is a guy that, that they really like, uh, you know, Looking at 2021, it's, it should be a very young running back room at that point because you're talking Kylan Hill will definitely be gone one way or oh, the yeah, other. no doubt. Kareem Walker is gone. And so you're sort of looking at Witherspoon, Dylan Johnson, uh, Jaquavius Marks, and now this kid. So a young running back room, but it looks like a very talented one. You've seen this guy play a few times. From what I can tell, he sort of fits what Moorhead wants in that he's not your traditional between the tackles back, but he is a guy who gives you some explosiveness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, super athletic kid. Um can't really heap enough uh, enough praise on him. He's an athletic guy that that I think can be a a big time playmaker for Mississippi State. I mean, it, this isn't just some this isn't just some casual. Uh, you're in town, so we better offer you kind of deal. I right. mean, this is a kid that that deserves an SEC offer, and I'm um, interested to see how it translates. Um, always neat when you have these kids that stay in town. To me, I, yeah, I, I was. I mean, I have nothing against. This isn't going to be a popular take. I have nothing against the AJ Browns of the world that want to go right. elsewhere and play their college football, right. even if it's up the road. Yeah, uh, you do you do what you want to do, but I, I do think it's pretty neat that the, these kids that get to grow up, 
right up the roads the the, the sec team probably a, probably a big fan and then and then you get to stay in your hometown and play for them cool okay. story yeah i like it uh closer to this season for, for next season anyway uh the new transfer brandon ruiz transfers in from arizona state he considered arizona state originally and as as everyone should uh a he's a two-season grad transfer so some of you're going to be asking oh well what about jace chrisman this is a guy who could redshirt you know, and he's coming off of a, a leg injury. He rehabilitated this season, um, but even if he can't, uh, he doesn't want a redshirt. If he can kick the ball into the end zone every play, guess what? There's a spot for him at Mississippi State, and it's needed. So, you know, I think you know people see like you're a grad transfer kicker when you already have a kicker. You know, sort of, sort of the same questions we asked about uh, last year with the punter. And he had Tucker Day. Of course, obviously that didn't work out. From what I can tell, I'm going to make a I'm going to make a, an assumption here. It's not a thing that are true; it's just an assumption. But I think that after what happened with Corliss Waitman, this is a situation where I think State will dot every I and cross every T before this kid sets foot on campus. I'm pretty sure that that you can guarantee he'll be here. Uh, that sounds safe. Of course, if he has two years of eligibility left, even if he lost one, yeah, he can still play. Right. So yeah, it's not it's not a big deal. But that's uh. MSU obviously had its big recruiting weekend uh, this weekend. Most of their commitments were in town and a few other uh, non-committed players. I think the biggest news to come out of this weekend was the uh, decision by Emmanuel Forbes, who was rated as the top twenty-four, the top player in the state by 24-7. There had been some talk of him maybe waiting it out till February and sort of seeing what happens up the road at Ole Miss. He came out and said, I will be signing in the early signing period, and I'm not taking any other official visits. Uh, the, the coaching change and everything up there is sort of – put him off of that, so he will be a Bulldog. That's a big win for Joe Moorhead and staff to get the state's top player uh, per 24-7 at a position of need at cornerback. You know? And, of course, all these early enrollees who will sign uh, 10 days or 11 days from today, 10 days from today, it's the 19th, mm-hmm. so 10 days yeah. if you're listening, uh, will be eligible to practice. 18th, isn't it? Is it the 18th? I think it's on a Wednesday. So okay, be well, then the, 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 the nine, days, nine days or whatever it is. Uh but they'll be eligible to practice with the team uh, for the bowl game. So, I mean, that's invaluable experience. He's, you know, Nick Fitzgerald was, I think, the first guy to do that at Mississippi State. The first true freshman to come in in time to be a part of the team's bowl preparation. And, I mean... Kind of set a trend. <laughs> it has. I mean, Keaton Thompson did it, and then you had a bunch of guys do it last year. And now you think about this year, guys, you know, a couple of those, I think those running backs, I think Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks are both early enrollees. So that's good news because, I mean, if, if Kylan Hill does go, getting those guys an extra f- few weeks of practice is huge. Uh, Will Rogers is the guy who can come in and sort of get a jump on everything, especially when, you know, I think it's safe to assume, and it's something like so we'll talk about later this week, um, that the QB room is going to have some changes, you know, so it's going to be helpful for Will Rogers to get those snaps. And just it never hurts to get extra practice in. We'll, yeah. just, we'll just say that. So, all right, let's finish up. We'll talk about basketball tomorrow. Uh, let's, let's finish up with you talking to John Cohen. A very informative interview, I thought. He did a really good job. Uh, you, got some, you got some good questions in there and got to some issues that I think MSU fans were, were most interested in. What was Joel Coleman most interested in going into that interview? Uh, honestly, the, probably the thing that got the most play from that interview. I, I, I'm interested in the the process of is state or is, is state not going to, to join with the other schools in the state and selling alcohol in their venues. Like, that. that's... Not that that's maybe the biggest thing going on, because I know everybody wanted to know about Moorhead and stuff. I kind of knew that, that John wasn't going to say much on that, other than, yes, we're going to extend him, but couldn't go into any much detail on that. Um, so I really had no idea. That was a question that I knew I was going to ask John and wanted to 
particularly find out if he thought it would be available at Davis Way Stadium next season. Um, and I really didn't know where he was going to go with that. I kind of thought on the other questions, I kind of knew where he was going to go with it. You know, mm-hmm. I, when I asked him about Moorhead, I mean, of course he's going to support Joe Moorhead. He's still his football coach. You know, I mean, you have to ask him about that, but you kind of know what direction it's going to go. Um, already kind of knew going in that he was going to extend him, so I kind of knew what he was going to say. I already knew when I asked, you know, are the financials going to change when you all extend the contract? I kind of already knew he was going to not give anything specific there. The, the alcohol question to me was the one that I had no clue. You know, I didn't know if he was going to say, yeah, there's a chance, or no, it's probably not going to happen next year. And, of course, it was the latter. It was he's it, very doubtful that, that State's going to have it next year. So, to me, that was the one that I didn't know which direction it was going to go. I mean, I, too, I wanted to know about when, when they were going to start on the hump and how long that was going to take and that sort of stuff, and we got into that. But, um, yeah, t- t- to me, the one question that I was going to ask him that I really genuinely didn't know what he was going to say was was that one. I thought that was interesting, and that's, that's a question that I, I guess he really hadn't been asked of late. So, I don't know. That, that was one thing that, that jumped out to me. Yeah. One thing that jumped out to me was the alcohol sales. That was exactly what I just spent yeah, a lot of time Yeah, like I said, and, and, and I'm, I'm with you on that. And that was, that was what jumped out to me. Yeah. I, I, mis- I misphrased what I'm trying to say there. And i got to be honest with you. I'm really disappointed in the answer. Um, especially when they talk about safety. Because are you telling me that it's not safe to have alcohol in the stadium? Because, buddy, <laughs> i got some news, if that's what you're saying, that the the entire premium seating area is loaded with alcohol. Yep. Um, and the student section is as well. A little different situation there. The premium seats are bringing it in knowingly, and the students are sneaking it in. And there's probably a good number of, of regular fans sneaking it in. And they're not sneaking in beer. Sneaking in the hard stuff. And if you're talking about player uh, safety, safe environment, well, we're we're about to go to a bowl game to at an NFL stadium. They're going to sell beer at that game. Um, they will sell beer at LSU next year and at Ole Miss. And probably... My guess is the entire conference will have it all going by this time next year, uh, or by you know by the start of I, I, Alabama. I don't know if they've announced yet, but I will be shocked if they're not by the time. I don't think Auburn doesn't sell it yet. I think they? I will be shocked if they're not. So basically, what we're saying is it's a safety issue. But buy those away game tickets and go support the Bulldogs at the stadiums where they're selling beer. It, it just doesn't work for me. I, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not pleased with that answer. Well. And see, I'm a guy that it may may come as I don't look. I don't care if they sell it in the stadium or if they don't, because quite frankly, I'm the dude that all I drinks coffee, do and water. So it doesn't make it darn to me what they do. I just think what, and this is me saying what I think Mississippi State thinks here. I think they want the perception of family friendly kind of deal, say family friendly. But you know what? You bring your alcohol into the premium seats yeah. and whatever. So I guess I, what I'm saying this is, is where I wish we I were televised because so people could see the face I'm making. I know, but do you not feel like that's kind of what they're trying to do here? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's it's double standard. Well, yes, exactly what it, it's it's almost hypocritical. Here. Yeah, yeah. Like the you go on Friday Friday and stock your locker, and we'll let you bring whatever you want to bring into yeah. the stadium, and you get plastered up here in the in the expensive seats, but. As for the other seats, we're family friendly. No alcohol in this stadium. Yeah, like the, 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 pre, the premium section is not family friendly. Evidently, it's not family. And, and, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are you saying that NFL games aren't family friendly? They sell it at every NFL game. And so my my thing all along, and you kind of hit on it there, is if you want the stadium to be dry, 
Just say it. Make it dry. Just say it. Like we're we're not going to do it. You're going to lose a lot of premium seating, folks, if you do that. Probably, but yeah. you know, if you want to make it dry, dry it up. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to let half the stadium come in and get liquored up, and again, they're not drinking beer. Yeah, yeah. They're they're up there drinking hard liquor, and yeah. I mean, it's just this is just silly. It's just silly. Um, but. What do you say all the time? Perception is reality. It and is. the perception is state doesn't sell beer yeah. at their stadium. And and there is a uh and, and look, I am not making light of this. I know families that I'm not trying to go down some deep road here, but I mean I know families and folks lives have been destroyed by alcohol. I'm not making light of, of any of that uh what whatsoever. Um the fact of the matter is I don't think that by selling beer at the concession stand, you're making a bunch of alcoholics. And that's coming from a... Right. A, like, I, I don't feel like anybody's going to come into that stadium and be like, you know what? I've never drank before. They sell beer. Let's drink today. Yeah. I, I think that most of the people that come in and buy a beer well, are probably people that maybe have been sneaking it in anyway. Sneaking in something harder anyway. Kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not a drinker, so I'm probably not the one to even opine any of this. Well, I mean, so, I would imagine a lot of the people who are telling you that well, I don't drink, so y'all can't drink, are the same people who would tell you that, well, you know, th- they would be on the opposite side of this in like the gun debate. Of like, oh, you know, just because there's you know people getting shot doesn't mean we can't have guns. Well, just because people are alcoholics doesn't mean we can't have beer. You know, it, that's just how it is. And, you know, the people who can't handle their liquor and, 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 and suffer from alcoholism, which is a terrible, terrible disease, and I, I know people, I, we know people who suffer from it, and they keep themselves clean. And if you can't do that, well, then, you know, if you're going to tell me I can't be around alcohol, then you can't come to a football game now. Yeah. There is alcohol all around you at a football game. It's just the way that it is. So I tell you what, if you want to not have alcohol around you at the football game, become a member of the media. There's none up there in the press box that I know of. That I, if, if there is, y'all are holding out on me. I need to, I need to be made aware of that. But yeah, it's just, it's just disappointing, you know, and, I, and it's, it's also disappointing just from a straight, uh, you know, like you said, this is a lot of money. Tied up in this, and that state state needs money, and they're just saying, "No, we don't need this extra revenue stream." And, and something else too that I think bears pointing out: John Cohen. Since I've done that interview with him, has I don't know if he checks his Twitter mentions, but if he does, he's taken a beating on this. I'm not saying that John wants to or doesn't want to sell it, but this isn't just a John decision. No. So I mean. I think he, he, since it's a football stadium and he's the AD, he probably takes more of the heat than anybody. But this is a multiple-person decision here. You know, I, you best believe Mark Keenum has a say in it. His answer had a lot of Mark Keenum in it. Yeah. You know, I, and... Which is, by the way, somebody brought this up. I think it was on Six Pack. Do you see a lot of other athletic directors talking about the university president as much as John Cohen does? Like, does Greg Byrne... I don't even know what the, the number of the president is over at... Uh, Alabama, but does Greg Byrne bring him up a lot? Does Strickland bring up Florida's president a lot? That's a good question. I I, I don't pay a lot of attention. I I mean, I guess I pay attention, but I, I've never really noticed. Never really it. noticed it. Yeah. Um, I don't. Know. I know it's a complicated matter. You know, I in that because there is a lot of folks, and look, I was one of them that that was raised growing up that you know alcohol can get you in trouble, kind of thing. I understand. You know, yeah. I'm. Uh, dude that uh, growing up, I always told everybody I had a drug problem because my mama drugged me to church whether I wanted to or not. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, 
I mean, I get that there are a lot of folks that want nothing to do with alcohol. And like I said, I mean, I'm not, I don't drink. I mean, I ain't, I, you and I can go somewhere. We'll go somewhere in Nashville. You have beer. I don't care. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't matter to me. And I, to me, that's just a thing that I kind of, I don't understand why people can't kind of make those decisions. Right. You know, why, why do you, why is, why can't you put it in the concessions, make money off of it for the people that want a beer? And the people that don't don't have to buy it. Yeah, you know. And you know, if you if you're a parent and you don't want your kids to, you know, grow up drinking alcohol or right. something, well, guess what? I always came to sporting events and I don't drink alcohol, and I yeah, I, I go into Braves games my whole life. So yeah. I, it's just it's I don't. Just, there's no correlation there. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Um, let's, let's we've talked about this for hours. I know. Man, let's let's, just, let's move away from this. Did you did you feel like you learned anything in this interview? Was there a question that you answered that you got an answer you didn't expect? Uh, I, I'm really surprised. I, I won't stay on this, but I'm really surprised that the, the alcohol thing isn't any further down the road than it is because it ain't it ain't out the driveway. Mm-hmm. Car ain't even cranked. Yeah, I mean it, it's you know if you take Cohen at his word, it, it's going to be 2021 at the earliest. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that I didn't expect. Uh trying to think back to the to the Joe stuff. When I asked about the buyout thing, mm-hmm. you know, are you, is the buyout going to change or is he going to get a raise or whatever? I did think that something that I hadn't seen anybody point out to me that they noticed, but in talking to John, I got the impression that he's not just going to, you know, keep adding money to Joe's buyout here right. kind of thing. He, he, he said that he will go to bat. And at the end of the day, for the best interest of Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't come across in the text. And maybe I read too much into it. Maybe if John was sitting here, he could whisper in my ear and tell me that I did read too much. In, but I, I just kind of got the impression that he is going to, whenever these negotiations or whatever come about, do what's best for Mississippi State. And probably what's best for Mississippi State right now with a coach that's on the hot seat is to make sure that buyout number doesn't go up. Yeah, he didn't say that directly. But whenever you hear things like, I'm going to do what's best for Mississippi State, well, isn't that what's best for Mississippi State? Yeah. So, in the way he said it, I just got the impression that he isn't going to get any credit from that because he's taking heat from every direction right now. And I, some of it maybe deserved, whatever. But that kind of jumped out to me that I do think that when that time comes for him to roll that contract over, that he's not just going to. Hey, let's let's give Joe whatever he wants. Jack up the buyout. <laughs> the deal. I don't think that's going to happen. All right, where can people find this interview if they haven't read it yet? Uh, StarkfordDailyNews.com. and uh, you can go to sports, and it's actually in, in two parts there. So uh, you can scroll on down. I th- part one was actually uh, posted online on Saturday morning, and part two was on Sunday morning. So you can get it there, and uh, it'll be there. All right. Maybe maybe I'll retweet in the morning. Yeah, right, you can go to my Twitter timeline. I retweeted it earlier on Sunday. So there you go. Or, or posted both links. So all right, it's there. All right, tomorrow's show. The op- we got we're going back to Oxford, and we'll talk about what Lane Kiffin's arrival uh, in at Ole Miss will mean for Mississippi State. We'll talk about some basketball tomorrow uh, as well, and uh, we will recap one of the most important events of the uh, of the year. Joel taking me to dinner. Uh, we are going out to Dave's tonight, and we're going to down some deep dish pizza, among other things. 
I'm looking forward to that. And you should be, even as though, am I. Even though it's on my dime. Even though, yeah, have you already, you might want to call the credit card company. <laughs> there may be some unusual activity. Like, you don't normally spend this much at dinner, sir. Well, <laughs> funny thing. So, all right. Well, the good thing is, I'm kind of like locking in my cost here. Not locking it in, that's the wrong way to say it. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure we're only ordering one pizza. One pizza? Yeah. Yeah. The, so Some appetizers. Yeah, that's coming. Come on. I'm, I'm okay with all that. So. All right. All right, we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Glad to be back with you. Only the podcast for me uh, this week until Thursday. I'll be back on Sports Talk Mississippi on Thursday the 12th, and uh, I'll be back uh, through. uh, I I, I may have a couple more days off here and there, but nothing nothing extended uh, until the end of the year, obviously, uh, when, uh, when the year ends. So there you go. That was very awkward. Let's let's wrap it up for Joel T. Coleman. I'm Brian Adad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.